0: Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. First of all, thank you for asking me to come and be with you this morning. As you know, my name is Richard. I'm one of the the elders in um, uh, the Central Congregation, part of Living Rock Church. Um, But I I was really going to crack on and and just speak about what um, God has given me for you. But I was really quite overwhelmed by some of the word that came this morning. Because, especially what Benj brought in terms of Nick's shirt in particular, um, but feeling the power and feeling the the presence of God in situations. And it just reminded me of how pilots come in to land in uh, really difficult circumstances, so bad weather, um, can't see the runway, can't see the runway, can't see the runway. Oh, there's the runway, but they're just on the right path to try and land it. And you probably know that they have a little instrument system in their cockpit called an instrument landing system. And what this does is to continually give the pilots some feedback in terms of left a bit, right a bit, up a bit, down a bit. And it, this happens sort of several, probably 10 miles out before they're coming into land. And all the time it's giving feedback to the pilot, all the time, all the time. And suddenly you break out of the clouds, out of the fog. You may have seen that on videos and suddenly the plane comes down to this beautiful landing in just the right spot. And I really feel that there are people here this morning who need to hear a word like the power of feeling God's presence when you can't see what's coming around the corner. Um, And whether that be in terms of you can't see because of the fog or the cloud or the mist or whatever it may be, just to spend time in his presence Nothing more. Doesn't necessarily need 100 people to come and pray with you, lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, but just to spend time with God in his presence. Because I think there's nothing better. There's no person better in this universe that can point you and direct you in the right place to go. So if that's you, I, just want, I don't want you to leave without kind of thinking, actually, that's a really important word for me. So this week, I just want to encourage you to spend time in his presence and dedicate and commit a specific amount of time for him to do that if you're in a particular situation and you don't know which way to turn. Yeah, God is wonderful, isn't he? So good morning, everybody. I I can remember the first time I went to church. I was 23 years old. So only about four years ago now. And uh, I went to a charismatic church, much, very much like this, and was um, reluctantly, invite, well, I was invited, but reluctantly uh, went with some friends of mine in university. And I was just overwhelmed when I walked through the doors at the sense of love and community that um, people have for each other. Um, and in part, I think it was that sense of community that actually and, and belonging, which actually made me reach out to God and make a decision to follow him for the rest of my life. So that sense of community and that sense of belonging. Um, I love to see smiles. Smile at me. Please smile at me. Please smile at me. Smile. Smile. Go on, Danny, you can do it. Smile. 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 Um, and I love to see, receive smiles. I love to receive an embrace. I love to receive a hug or an encouragement, or an interaction with another person, Um, and I love being around my Christian family. I love that, because as humans, we are designed to make connections with each other. We're designed to belong with other people. That is part of our being, and as many of you may know, I've I've devoted my professional career to, um, to medicine and the study of the human body, and you may or may not know that there is a hormone in the body that is produced when we embrace one another, when we touch one another, and that hormone is called oxytocin. I'm not testing you, Lorna, don't worry. Um, but that, whole, that hormone oxytocin is also known as a bonding hormone. It's a, it's, a, it's a hormone that's actually really important when a baby, between a baby and a mother. It's a huge, huge part of our life, and we produce it in adulthood. So when you have a hug, when you have an embrace, when you have a smile, when you have a positive interaction, that bonding hormone is produced in our body. And you know it's a feel-good hormone. It's a body that helps um, us to calm down. It's a a hormone that helps us to relax. um, And it's a hormone that can even help to lower our blood pressure. So it has physical impacts. It has a physical effect upon us, just having that sense of belonging and, and connection. Alongside this in the body, we have many organs and systems and tissues and all of those things which are all connected to each other. Now, Lorna is not allowed to participate in this because I know you're a doctor. Um, But I just want people to shout out, and I'm going to ask you to come out, no embarrassment, different parts or organs of the body. So who's going to start me off? Name an organ of the body. The heart. Thank you. Will you come out, please? Very interactive this morning I'm going to do it in my neatest writing can tell you a doctor, that's neat <laughs> that's super neat anybody else don't be embarrassed lungs. lungs come on out I feel like the price of right come on down the price is right okay we've got lungs another one maybe this section The liver. Come on out, Susan. Do you want to stand this side? Another one? Another one. Kidneys. Kidneys. Okay, we'll do kidneys. Come on out. Neat writing. Thank you. Do you want to stand by there? You said brain. Are you able to come out or? Yeah. Brain. And one more. One more. Maybe this section. One more. One more organ of the body. Come on, it's not hard. It's not a test. You could do this. Yes, thank you. Ah, wow. That's great. Are you happy to hold that where you are? Yes, thank you. Okay. And are you happy to hold that where you are? Thank you. So we have all these different organs, and, and this is not exhaustive, clearly, but we've got brain, we've got kidneys. Hold it up high. You've got liver, you've got heart, you've got lungs, and you've got spleen. And I just want to ask the question... What if we removed a liver? Could could we survive without medical intervention? A brain, K- kidneys, both kidneys. Let's make it real, you know. Okay, a spleen. Could we survive without medical intervention? Well, absolutely. Lots of people have that. I'm not going to go into it, but you, tend, you, gener- you generally need to be taking something for the rest of your life if you, if you had no spleen. Lungs, could you live without your lungs? And what I mean is effectively and productively and without, and without medical intervention. And could you live without the heart? I was coming to you. Could you live without a heart? No, okay. Round of applause for these people, please. You can go and sit down. Thank you very much. What is he talking about? Well, let me make it clear, but let me get my notes because I've just put those down as well. Okay. The important thing is that none of, these, none of these things can function without the presence of the other. We all need all of these different organs. God has created us with all of these organs in mind because we need all of them in order to live productively and effectively. And it's the same with our social... And our spiritual connections. Um, We're all important, every single one of us, whether it be a heart or a spleen or a lung or a brain or a pineal gland or whatever it may be. We're all really, really, really important and we all serve a function. And you'd be pleased to know that Paul, the Apostle Paul, agrees with me, Benj. He agrees with me. And he says this in his first letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 12, it says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make me or make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the the eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members, say all, all the members care for each other. If one part suffers... All the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. That's Paul. So he agrees with me. Or rather, I agree with him. Um, so let's just draw a couple of things from, from what I've just said. In verse 18 it said, But our bodies have many parts And God has put each part just where He wants it. Okay? And the second thing is all of you, say all, all of you, all of us together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So we all have a part to play. Are you with me so far? Okay? Good. I am passionate about a branch of medicine which you may not have heard of it's called lifestyle medicine okay and it's essentially made up of six components to do with health okay first one obvious nutrition what we eat can make us determine who we are the second one is physical activity how much activity we do nothing new the third one is sleep sleep is important we spend a third of our life doing it Addictive substances, so smoking, alcohol, cocaine, all of those things which are not good for us in um, excess. The fifth one is stress. Okay, that has a profound impact on our well being. And the last one, this is all what the scientists have said, number six, is social connections. Okay, now the science is saying something a little bit more to us at the moment. I'm a scientist, so excuse me for a moment, but the most important, most important of those six, most important of all those six isn't eating, isn't physical activity, isn't sleep, isn't stress, it's social connection. The most important predictor of long, healthy life is a, social, a good social connection, a good relationship with other people I found that fascinating. Because we all join gym memberships, whether we go, whether we don't go, we all want to try and get fit and everything else. But actually, the biggest thing that we can do is to get some of that nice binding, bonding hormone and, and lower our blood pressure and be with other people and share with other people and all of those things. So I would like to say that actually social connections are one of the most important parts of our well-being. Medically. So I'm just going to elaborate that further from the Bible because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, Ephesians 4, this is my favourite scripture. If you've heard me preach before, I often say it. Um, It says this Paul, in his letter to Ephesians in chapter 4, says this Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, I'm a part, say I'm a part. I'm a part. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I don't normally do it and I, I'm reluctant to do it because I'm afraid of what my wife is going to say to me afterwards. But say healthy. I want A bit louder, guys. Come on. Say healthy. healthy. Growing. growing and full of love. Isn't that a good place to, for us to all get? Is that what we want for each other? It is, isn't it? So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what have we discovered together so far? This is how precious we all are are in God's sight. We're all important parts of the body of Christ. We all have a function and a purpose and we all need each other. We are fitted together perfectly, all connected and looking like a perfect Christmas 5,000-piece jigsaw. perfect no pieces missing because if one piece is missing we all miss out and we miss out on the beauty one famous psychiatrist in in the united states defined connection as this he said connection is feeling part of something larger than yourself feeling closer to another person or group feeling welcomed and feeling understood And those are emotions that we all, as a human being, want in our lives, don't we? And that was one of the things that drew me to Christ at the age of 23 when I walked through the door of a church. Without social connectivity, our bodies actually suffer. As I said, it's the most important predictor of long, healthy life. There have been lots of scientific studies which have looked at it, and it's very, very clear. I'm not going to mention the studies, but just four outcomes. Number one is social connections improve the control of diabetes. Fact. You can have better control of diabetes by having a good, healthy social connection. That's quite profound, isn't it? Nothing to do with the doctor, nothing to do with the medicine, just social connection. The greater the social support a person has the less likely they are to have a heart attack or any adverse heart outcome. How amazing is that? Third one, social support groups, as we know, improve mental health. Very important part, we all need each other. And lastly, strong social connections reduce mortality in cancer patients. And one, i.e., with a good strong social connection, you're less likely to die from cancer than a person who doesn't have a strong social connection. And it actually showed that if you had a terminal cancer diagnosis, you're more likely to live twice as long as somebody who didn't have the strong social connection. That's what the science says. So, feeling part of something larger than yourself, as that psychiatrist said, feeling close to another person or group is actually really important and acknowledged by science. We have the immense privilege, that's why we're here this morning, not only to to glorify and worship our King Jesus, but we have the privilege of participating in the covenant meal this morning. And it's a meal designed to express our love and commitment to God and also our love and commitment to each other. When writing about the Lord's Table, Paul uses a, a, a similar Greek word in 1 Corinthians 10 and Acts 2. And it's a word that may be familiar to many of us. It is koinonia. And that word koinonia means community and sharing. I think it actually means shared life. We're sharing life with each other. And I'm not going to say anything more on that, but I just want to um, you to understand that I believe the covenant meal is not a meal of isolation. It's never... It was never designed to be taken and eaten and drunk in isolation. It's a meal of community and it's a a meal for connecting. The covenant meal is a meal in which we share life with each other. We let people know how we're feeling. That's quite vulnerable, isn't it? We don't do that, do we? We don't talk about how we're feeling and what we're facing and situations that we're finding quite tough. But actually, the covenant meal is is an opportunity for us to share life. And as it said in Ephesians 4, play our part in helping each other to grow. The covenant meal is a meal for self-consideration. There's no doubt about it. We need to um, reflect and look inwards. But it's very important that we don't confuse that with self-condemnation. Okay, the Bible is very clear. The word of God says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If there are things that we need to review and look at and change or need accountability for, whatever it may be, then we call upon somebody next to us and we say, help me with this. And lastly, the covenant meal is a meal for expressing our deep affection for each other by proclaiming his death and resurrection until he returns again. I don't have very much more to say because I, I just feel sometimes a word that's kept very simple is sometimes all that we need. And, and I think my take home is just to think about the surfboard, think about the pilot coming into land, spend some time with God in situations, and then look at ourselves from an inward and an outward perspective in terms of who else is in this room? Who else we know that is a Christian? Who else we can call upon in situations? You know, I was thinking about the surfboard analogy and I thought, actually, you've got to be surfing in the right direction of a a wave, right? (laughs) It's pointless trying to surf in the opposite direction because you're not going to get anywhere. And sometimes we need people to help redirect us. Sometimes we need other people to help turn us and help us face in the right direction and achieve everything that God wants for us. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.